Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this is going to be on the post-operative thoracic aorta in the Marfan's patient. And this is going to be based on a computer exhibit we had at RSNA 2007. And this is some work done between the Departments of Radiology and the Department of Surgery at Johns Hopkins Hospital. So let's take a look at, uh, at this whole process. And what we're going to do is really try to uh, give you some additional information. Uh, we'll focus on Marfan syndrome, but I'll make some other points that relate to any type of aneurysms and the use of CTA. Now, typically, uh, surgical treatment for patients with Marfan syndrome who have aneurysms or dissection in involving the ascending aorta has been replacement of the entire aortic root. Current therapy for patients with a dilated root and Marfan syndrome is either replacement of the entire root and valve with a composite graft and mechanical or biological valve or now a valve sparing operation. Typically, the native coronary arteries are then reimplanted into the graft. In this exhibit, what we're going to do is look at some of the normal postoperative appearances as well as some of the complications ranging from dissection to pseudoaneurysm formation to the unusual findings of coronary artery aneurysms. So let's speak a little bit about Marfan syndrome. It's a connective tissue disorder. It's a mutation of the fibrillin 1 gene. It's typically autosomal dominant with about a 30% sporadic mutation. And as we all know, there's a wide range of clinical manifestations, including cardiovascular and ocular, musculoskeletal like uh, duralectasia, CNS, and pulmonary manifestations, including cysts. The ocular, ectopic lens, retinal detachment, musculoskeletal, scoliosis, pectus, excavatum and carinatum, acetabular protrusio, uh, duralectasia, and on the pulmonary spontaneous pneumothorax and bullae are things that are classically described. And on the vascular side, uh, ectatic changes of the aorta, aortic valvular insufficiency, dissection, aneurysm, enlarged pulmonary arteries, and mitral valve prolapse are all things we typically uh, consider as Marfan syndrome. And here's just a very nice example, a dilated root. One thing that I won't discuss in detail here is you can see from this very ectatic aorta, how do you get the exact measurement? You can see that on the same uh, plane, if you only did axial images, you would get one measurement. If you did a maximum of a 3D image, you might get a second. So this is something that really needs to be worked out. And you can see very nice uh, supravalvular aortic root and ascending aorta a dilated. Uh, in terms of when do you send the patient to surgery, five centimeters is typically a magic number and the classic tulip bulb configuration is nicely seen. And in this case, the patient had a classic aortic valve, which you see nicely on the oblique views. Now, in terms of cardiovascular manifestations, dissection, failure, and, and cardiac valve disease are the most common cause of death uh, in patients with Marfan's. Uh, Marfan's does cause a primary reduction in life expectancy, but in the last 30 years, improvements in both diagnostic techniques and in therapy have led to a considerable increase in life expectancy. Now, there are a number of different procedures used, and let me just show you some of them. And I won't go into great detail. This is a radiology audience, not a surgical audience, but let's just at least have some familiarity. A Bentel procedure, a modified Bentel procedure, and a David one inclusion procedure are the most common things. The Bentel procedure. It's operation for a pair of a type A dissection 
aneurysm of the proximal ascending aorta, and annuloaortic ectasia. It consists of replacement of the root and proximal ascending aorta with a tube graft containing a prostatic valve and reimplantation of the coronary arteries into the graft. In the modified Bentil procedure, the coronary artery circulation is maintained by removing a full thickness button of aorta surrounding the coronary ostia. This modification makes it easier to implant the proximal end of the coronary arteries into openings made in the aortic vascular graft. Postoperative complications of this procedure include the typical things, leakage of the suture lines resulting in pseudoaneurysm of the aortic or coronary anastomosis. We can show you some examples of that. In terms of grafts, uh, the mechanical valve with attached Vovin tube vascular graft is more durable than biologic valves. It is expected to function for the life of the patient. Uh, the problem is, is thrombogenic, so the patients will need lifelong anticoagulant therapy. The tissue valve grafts, such as the porcine aortic valve with attached woven tube vascular grafts, are non-thrombogenic, so the patient does not need anticoagulant therapy, but they're less durable. So again, it's kind of a balance. The second technique is aortic valve reimplantation technique, or the David-1. It's a valve-sparing aortic root reconstruction. Uh, at this point, it's probably the best treatment of the dissected aortic root because most of the disease vessel wall may be resected and replaced by a graft while at the same time retaining the patient's native valve. The inclusion technique results in placement of the valve conduit within the native aortic root, removal of the disease descending aorta, excision of the coronary ostia, and resection of aortic sinuses up to a rim of about 3 millimeters of aortic wall, as well as extensive external dissection and mobilization of the aortic root is done. The sinuses and coronary buttons are reimplanted into the graft. Valve sparing operations were introduced as an alternative to replacement of the aortic root to hopefully improve survival and reduce complications. And here's just a very nice example showing you the resection, the graft, and the reimplantation. So a couple other comments. Most surgeons now regard valve reimplantation as the first choice for aortic root aneurysm repair in patients with Marfan's who do not present with pronounced uh, leaflet prolapse or extensive fenestrations in the valvular commissures. There is a relatively low incidence of reoperation for failure of the reconstructed aortic valve. And studies most recently have shown early and midterm postoperative mortality and incidence of late reoperations are similar to composite grafts with mechanical valve conduits, so there's no downside. Aortic valve sparing root repair has provided excellent clinical outcome with relatively few valve-related complications. Again, it's not a trivial point, but freedom of anticoagulant therapy is the most important benefit, and so the issues with bleeding are less of an issue in the post-operative or follow-up period. The benefit is particularly appealing for young females anticipating pregnancy or those with Marfan syndrome anticipating further major operations downstream, be it in the aorta or in the bony skeleton. So let's take a look at a number of cases. The following cases represent patients uh, with Marfan syndrome following surgical repair. We'll show initially some normal post-op appearances, and then we'll look at some of the complications. Just a couple words about technique. We use a dual source scanner or a classic 64, typically single phase acquisition. Since we want to look at the root, ideally it's gated. You can use a uh, 
bolus tracking for doing it or a test bolus, whatever you feel more comfortable with. Typically, we use the thinnest collimation, 0.6 millimeters. Slice thickness is 0.75 with an overlap because we reconstructed 0.5 millimeter intervals. Typically, we're injecting at 4 cc's a second between 100 and 120 cc's of Omnipake 350 or Visipake 320, depending on the patient. And then we look at all the images well beyond the axial plane into multiplanar and 3D. And here's just a good example of a normal post-operative appearance in a patient with a composite graft and a mechanical aortic valve replacement. And remember, one of the things you can do with these images, since we do gating, is do motion studies. So we can get the aortic valve to really show motion. And here's another case. Now here's an example with the uh, uh, valve sparing operation. And you can see very nicely the defect uh, related to surgical repair and the reimplantation of the coronary arteries very nicely shown. Next case. Another normal appearance of a patient with a valve sparing operation. So you don't see that classic uh, valve replacement. You don't see that metal. And here's one more case, normal post-operative appearance. Again, in this patient with valve sparing operation, you can see very nicely the surgical defect the, where the vascular graft is placed. And this is very nicely shown with volume rendering. Now, in terms of post-operative complications, it's no surprise what the complications might be. Now, you define complications, of course, as a residual recurrent disease after the initial repair. Now, the good news is there's a low complication rate when done with expert hands, like at Hopkins with Dr. Cameron. But complications can include expanding aneurysms in a previously dissected but not resected segment, pseudoaneurysms or leakage at the suture line, ongoing degeneration of the aortic valve leaflets following a valve sparing root procedure, uh, aneurysms at the site of coronary artery reimplantation, and abnormal accumulation of low attenuation material around the graft or collection of contrast material outside the graft. So here's a nice example of a dissection following aortic root replacement, and you can see the dissection extending through the arch and down the descending aorta. You can see the prosthetic aortic valve in place. And you can see a few additional images in that patient. Again, the sagittal images uh, with 3D color mapping shows dilatation of the origin of the coronary arteries at the site of reimplantation. So a very nice example there. Here's another example of a dissection following aortic root replacement. Again, very nice visualization of the aortic root, the valve, the graft, and you can see the dissection just above the graft. And here's another example. This is something we've seen recently where the patient develops dilatation of the coronary arteries, in this case the right coronary at the site of implantation. And we've seen in several cases now of this. It's something that's very interesting. Here's another example at the right coronary, and you can see this in the different 3D maps, where the button tends to dilate. Literally, the proximal anastomosis tends to dilate. We're not exactly sure what the cause of this is, but it's something that we're looking into and we'll be reporting on. And again, very nicely seen in this example. Here's a few more images of that. So again, something to consider as a complication. We've seen some unusual cases. Here's a mediastinal fluid collection two years after surgery. Is it related to the aneurysm? It probably is. Could this be a leak? We didn't see a leak. Could it be infection? None was found. We couldn't find a pseudoaneurysm, but again, uh, one of the potential complications.
Another case, here's a patient who had a graft placed but now is developing dilatation of the aortic sinuses and root. Again, the volume rendered images very nicely show you the uh, ascending aorta, show you the graft, and then very nicely show you, in this case, the sinuses of Valsalva ballooning out. So again, very nice visualization. Again, 3D mapping is ideal. You can do a lot with axial images, but you can do a whole lot more surely with a 3D mapping. A couple of comments. Uh, incidence of reoperations is higher in patients who present initially with acute type A dissection than in those with dilatation only. Reports have demonstrated that the incidence of ongoing pathology of the aorta or the appearance of late surgical complications requiring redo ranges between 5 and 35 percent. In one series, Marfan's patients requiring late reoperation at a mean interval of eight years following composite graft repair of the aortic root. And a close follow-up, therefore, of all Marfan's patients is necessary to detect asymptomatic changes requiring surgery because complex elective redo operations can be performed if planned when the patient is stable and in good condition with a very low uh, operative risk. And so some recommendations, CT or MRI is performed before hospital discharge in patients following repair of aortic dissection. Follow-up CT scans are routinely obtained to evaluate for potential complications that may not be clinically evident. And uh, it depends on the institution, but uh, some institutions will have it at 3 and then 12 months after surgery and then annually thereafter. So conclusions. The postoperative appearance uh, after ascending aortic surgery uh, is very nicely shown with 3D mapping. Precise knowledge of the surgical technique performed and its anatomic consequences is critical for accurate postoperative evaluation. Again, postoperative changes, you do not want to confuse them with complications. Understand the normal postoperative appearance, understand what complications you're looking for. Clinical evaluation is limited because it does not enable detection of the early stages of subtle complications before development of the acute signs and symptoms that result in an emergent situation. Again, we want to pick up complications early. Monitoring these patients will indeed do that. And therefore, postoperative assessment by imaging, typically CT, but in select cases, MR or angiography, is now a routine part of the evaluation of these patients. And hopefully we've shared with you some of the information uh, that we find helpful. And here are some additional references that may be proved of value to you. And with that, thank you for your attention.